Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that administrates it. We set our hearts and minds to you, Lord, for these moments that you can grow us up in all aspects into Christ, that when people see us, they see you. Lord, that they see that the body of Christ is not asleep. We are on active duty. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, take your Bible or your phone app that's got uh, the Bible app on it. And say this after me. This is my Bible. Oh, well, come on. <laughs> my goodness. Say it with some faith, some unction of the Holy Ghost. This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. And the Lord says, I'm anointed. I'm chosen. I'm called. I'm dearly loved. Deeply loved. I am His and He is mine. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's go to First uh, John chapter 2, verse 20. It'll take me a little bit to get there. We're talking about the anointing. Jesus came introducing the Holy Spirit. And, of course, part of one of the ways we get to know the Holy Spirit is through some of the descriptions that we'll see. And we're just in the anointing right now. But the Holy Spirit has governing functions. He's a person. He's very much God, just like God the Father, God the Son. He's God the Holy Spirit. And He has some divine functions that allow us to get to know Him. Uh, the anointing being one of them. Uh, spirit of life in Christ being another one. Spirit of adoption. Spirit of truth. You get, you get the point. So before... Uh, well, no, let me go. I'm going to read the scripture first. First John chapter 2, verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now, that word anointing, I showed it to you, is unction. You have an unction from the Holy One. What he's saying, you have, you have a divine authority from Almighty God. You have divine authority from Almighty God operating on the inside of you. God's plan all along. We uncovered it last week. By revelation of the Holy Spirit, His plan all along was to anoint you with the anointed one. Okay, You don't have to beg for the anointing. If you're born again, the anointing is in you. What you may not be doing is tapping into Him. Right? That's what we're talking about the men's breakfast. You may be trying to lean on your own strength or the arm of the flesh or something. But we want to be able to you know, realize and release the anointing that's within us. I've not written to you because you don't know the truth. I'm writing to you because you do know it. No lies of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the anointed one, that he is the Christ, that he is the Messiah, the Antichrist spirit. That's who. The Antichrist spirit. And you know, I don't, man, I tell you, I did a series a while back on the politically incorrect Jesus. And I'm sorry. But this idea that there's many ways to God and all that is just simply not true. If there's a bunch of ways, Jesus was insane to suffer what he suffered, to pay that price. And when they would say that he was God, surely you're the son of God. He never, he never rebuked them. He never said, oh, no, I'm not. Don't worship me. It's okay. No, he's, he's God come in the flesh. But our world today likes to say, well, no, Jesus isn't the Christ. He's just a great teacher or something. Verse 23, whoever denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Let truth abide in you. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. 
If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you'll abide in the Son and in the Father. This is the promise that He's promised us. Eternal life. When does that life start? It's, it's here right now. It's eternal. So it's with you. It's in you. It's knowing God by the promised Holy Spirit. These things I've written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from Him abides where? In you. That word abide means live, remain, and stays. Aren't you glad that Christ is not separate from the anointing? If you do a big piece of stupid, He doesn't leap out of your body. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Amen? In John 14, He said, When the Holy Spirit comes, when I come back to you in the person of the Holy Spirit, He'll abide with you forever. All right, the anointing which you've received abides in you. You do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, it's true, it's not a lie, it's not a counterfeit. Just as it's taught you, you'll abide in Him. If you eat this passage, and we did a little bit of that last week, it's unction, the word anointing is unction, but it's also the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. He is the teacher. Okay? And so what a blessing, what a gift that we've got a 24-7 schoolhouse in the person of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to coach us up when we do well, amen, and when we don't do well. Now what I want to read to you is uh, this is a word that was on my desk on Monday morning after last Sunday's service. I love summers around here. I don't really understand what it is, but it seemed like the Holy Spirit just becomes that much more evident. I don't know, maybe it's us in the summer. I don't know what happens. But anyway, it's good. Touch your neighbor and say, it's good. So last Sunday, this was on my desk. Pastor Steve, very powerful service on Sunday. Or sorry, last Monday, six days ago. I heard the strong voice of the Father urging His people to realize His need for us to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He is opening our eyes to the power and wonder He has given us to present Him to the world. His desire in these last days is to bring about a great awakening, not a revival, a great awakening, but the opening of the eyes of His church and the uh, opening of the eyes of an unbelieving world. He could do this Himself, but He wants to do this with... Uh, and through His anointed ones. Everybody say, that's us. Spiritual awakening happens to believers when they refuse to live complacent and begin to hunger and thirst for God and His presence. For sure, God is shaking the church for the purpose of becoming the body of Christ. He's reminding us again of our job description. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon us because He's anointed us. To preach good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, liberty to the captives, etc. We cannot do this apart from the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And remember, what this person, Glenda Lingo, was hearing and writing is, I heard the strong voice of the Father saying. This isn't human opinion. The driving passion of our hearts must be to know Jesus fully and allow Him to live His life through us. For His purposes, not us. I'm going to say that again. Know Jesus fully and allow Him to live His life through us. For His purposes, not ours. It is only being with Jesus and believing He is in us that will qualify us for the next great visitation He brings upon this planet. 
As I pondered this great assignment, the Scripture came to my mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that people would know the power is not us, but it's the power of God. Okay? And she writes here, The treasure in us is the presence and anointing of the Holy Spirit that accomplishes the will of the Father in any given instance. The Holy Spirit is He's God in action in this realm. The Holy Spirit is God in action in this realm. So He's here executively producing the will of God, the desire of God. And then she goes on to say, His Word will not return to Him void, but will accomplish in us what He sent it forth to do. Somebody give Him praise this morning. Amen. Well, the Word of the Lord has come forth. What do we do? Believe it, receive it, and act on it. One of the things we repented of yesterday was words with no action. That's fooey. That's old. It's gone. We're participators. We're not just religious. We're participators. So I want to talk about this, how you have an unction from the Holy One. 1 John 2.20 An unction that abides in you and teaches you. I woke up Thursday morning at 5 o'clock in the morning and the Lord quickened me and He said, In the last days... It's written in Joel chapter 2, I'll pour, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. One of the ways we get to know the Holy Spirit is through this word anointing. Okay, a gallon and a half, 5.7 quarts gets poured in the Old Testament, which is simply a shadow. It's not the substance. It's a picture. It's a symbol, if you will, of the precious anointing of the Holy Spirit that you and I have not only upon us, but have in us because of Christ. And he said, he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. How about a gallon and a half? Acts 2.16, Peter said, this is that which was spoken through the prophet Joel. Enough anointing, if you will, and we see it through the Spirit, okay? We have the substance, not the shadow, to drench you in it, to completely cover you. How about enough in Psalm 133 to cover Aaron's head? So much so it went to his beard, so much so it went to his garment, so much so it was dripping off the hem of his garment. That's a lot of oil. His garment and then even his sandals. He probably sloshed when he walked. That's how I want us to be. I want us to be so in tune with the anointing of the anointed one that we slosh when we walk. People can tell we're different. Religion isn't helping Oklahoma. I had a good friend send me a bunch of stats on teen pregnancy and drug use and... Uh, uh, man, all kind, all kinds of stuff. I can't even remember them all. Divorce, all, all kinds of stuff. Oklahoma is in the top ten of church attendance in the country. We go to church, but we have all the worst stats. Why? Because religion can't help anybody. 
And if institutions aren't careful, they'll create loyalty in people towards a system and a program and not towards the living Christ. And our job, our role at Grace Church right here, right now, is connect people to the real vine, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're way up here in church attendance. We're way down here in all the stats that matter in quality living, family living. Church can't help anybody. Messages don't help anybody. The living Christ. Um, if sermons were going to change Oklahoma, we'd be changed. You know how many sermons we've had? Too much information and not enough personal revelation from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Boy, I sense the authority and the unction of the Holy Spirit this morning. I love every one of you. So under His guidance, I tell you the truth. And we've got to get people abiding in Christ. Connected to the vine. And it doesn't just happen Sunday. Leslie Osinga saw a vision this week of people coming into Grace Church with their, you know, their cell phone little charger thing. And you, you plug it. We're plugging it in on Sunday and then praying to God that it lasts all week long. Guys, this can't be the only time you're connected to the vine. You take that charger and you plug it into Christ every single day of the week. Amen? Every, every day of the week you plug into Christ. Every day of the week you abide in Christ. John 15, 4 and 5. Because apart from Him, you can do nothing. You might do religious activity. You might try to be a good person. But I'm telling you, there's no fruit in it. No lasting fruit. If you want fruit that remains, live connected to the vine. You didn't cause the connection. It was gifted to you. But it is your choice to dance with it every single day. And do not be fooled here in Oklahoma that somehow plugging into Christ on Sunday morning for an hour is going to carry you all week long. We come here to be family. We come here to corporately love on God and be loved by Him. We come here to celebrate and rally around everything He's already doing out there. We should have more people saved out there than in here. Churches are messed up because everybody dumbs the service down on Sunday to try and win the lost. Why? Because nobody's winning the lost out there. Well, where do the people that love Christ and are deeply devoted to Christ and and want to encounter Christ on Sunday morning and celebrate what He's doing, where are they supposed to go to church? Everything can't be geared to the new believer. Everything can't be geared towards the carnal believer. At some point, the Holy Ghost has got to possess the church. He's got to say, this is my church. This is my people. And we don't dumb anything down for anybody. Well, what about the lost? Well, my Bible says they can walk into the presence of God and say, surely His presence is in this place. Come on, give Him praise in the house of God. God wants a church that He's in charge of. That'll do what He says. Not governed by committees. Not governed by man. Not governed by a denomination. Those things, like I said, I'm not against those things. But if you're not careful, you'll you'll create loyalty towards those things. And we need Christ in this state. We need the living Christ. We don't need just more church attendance. We're going to have people that know Christ 
who love Christ and are plugged into Christ all day, every day of the week. Amen. An active duty army of the living God. Amen. Unction. Somebody say unction. (laughs) I might be doing what I'm called to do right now. (laughs) Because I feel Holy Ghost unction in speaking. You've been sanctioned. Everybody say, I've been sanctioned. You've been sanctioned by God Himself. Saturated with the Holy Spirit. Gallon and a half. That's just the shadow. It could be more. I I, I don't even know how to measure it. But I know it's a lot. And I know it covers your whole person. You're sanctioned, saturated. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Set apart by the Holy One. And you know all things. That's 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. My goodness. Makes you powerfully gifted in what you're called and equipped to do. And it's not just preaching. That's one of my roles. That's one of the areas I'm gifted in communicating. But as a business leader, as a business leader, as a mom, as a dad, tap into the anointing. Tap into Christ. He's a way better parent than you. (laughs) He's a way better pastor than Steve is. So Steve needs to rely on Christ if he's going to do pastoring. If you're a business leader, rely on Christ. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. I love 5 through 8. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not some of it, all your heart. Trust Him with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. But in a few ways, all your ways, acknowledge Him. If you're a business leader, acknowledge Him. And you acknowledge you need Him. And that you're going to be one terrible boss if you're not deriving life from Christ. You think you're, you're there just to make money? No, you're there to introduce people to Christ. That when they see you, they can see Him. Amen. So the Lord wakes me up. I'm sorry, I got off, I got on track. <laughs> Five o'clock Friday morning. And the Lord said, Steve, when He was showing me Aaron's head and then the beard and the garment and sandals and all that stuff, and he's showing me how much oil just figuratively to give us a picture is poured on someone who's set apart by the Lord, someone who's called by the Lord, someone who's sanctioned by the Lord. He's showing me this and he said, it begins on the head because I want to change your thinking. Why'd you start on my head, Lord? Because I want to change how you think. I don't want you thinking like the world anymore. Basic training, Ron. First part, what do they do? Change the way you think. Quit identifying as a civilian and understand, hey, I belong to the U.S. government. I'm enlisted with them. What In the kingdom, same parallel, we belong to the kingdom of God. My life is not my own anymore. Amen? We struggle so much because we think our life is still ours. Colossians 3.3 says you're dead. You died and the only life you have is hidden with Christ in God. We care too much what people think. We're afraid, well, I don't want to say anything to them, you know, because what are they going to think about? You're dead. I have never been to a funeral, walked by the casket and heard the body say, you know, I just, I'm so concerned with what people think about me. (laughs) So he said, I'm going to begin on your head. I'm going to impact your thinking. I'm going to sanctify your thoughts. I'm going to saturate your mind with the mind of Christ. 
1 Corinthians 2.16. You have the mind of Christ. Utilize it. Tap into it. Stop thinking the way the world does and receive of Christ. Think like Christ. Give Him your mind. Give Him your thought life. Yield your mind to the mind of Christ. And then He said, I start on your head also because it will cover your eyes and your eyelids because I need to change how you look at things. I want to change people's vision and their perspective and how you see. Can I get a witness? When we get born again, when we get introduced to the Spirit of Christ and He comes to live in us, we see things a little bit differently. (laughs) We sure do. We sure do. He does crazy things. Like takes your past that you were once ashamed of. Help people who were stuck in the same boat you used to be in. Amen. That which you were once ashamed of is now a powerful weapon. Because He can... Turn it, testimony. Devil doesn't own your past. You don't belong to your past. Your past belongs to God and His purposes. Amen, somebody. And then he said, okay, I'm correcting your eyesight and then flows over your mouth and your lips because i got to have you start speaking truth and speaking life, not death. Amen. Life and death in the power of the tongue. I want you washing people in the Word. Some of end. Stop it. Stop doing that. Start agreeing with God. Let Him wash you with His Word. The most humble thing you can do is agree with who God says you are. But pride says, well, I know better than, than God and I'm really a lousy person. Ah, you're deceived. He didn't die for a lousy person. He believes in you. He believes in Christ on the inside of you. That he who began that good and work, that good work in you will keep trusting him. But we gotta speak life, not death. That's a, wasn't that beautiful this morning of the, the baptism? Bring him, bring him out. Hey, let's, let's pack out the swimming slide Wednesday night. If for no other purpose, you say, I don't like swimming. Good. You don't have to swim. Just be there when those four, some of them are teenagers, maybe all of them, when they get out of that water, let's get around them and let's lay hands on them. Let's be family. That was such a beautiful picture. I was moved by how many people were here. Just prophesying over them, speaking life. He's anointed your lips, guys, with 5.7. What is it, quartz? I always forget. Is it quartz? Thank you. 5.7. I mean, there's so much of it. It's changing your thinking, changing your eyes. It's changing how you talk. Life and not death. Amen. Over our loved ones, over our families, over our children, and over your enemy. Speak the truth. So he's going to sanctify our mouths. Sanction our mouths so we can speak his word on his behalf. Do you remember what really arrested me about last week? And I don't have time to get into it, but Exodus 30. I'd like to revisit it when he goes through those 11 verses describing how to make the anointing oil. And all that sweet smelling cinnamon and all the fragrance and all that. And then, you know, he says that you're the fragrance uh, of Christ to God, Second Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen and fifteen. Some of you think God thinks you smell. He he doesn't. You're not bo to God, and the reason is because when he smells you, he smells Christ. You are the fragrance of Christ 
to God. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. But what really arrested me about all that anointing oil that they were making, Scott, is that he said this. He said, this is holy to me, and it shall be to you. And man, I just speak for myself. I've not seen how holy the Holy Spirit really is. I've not seen how holy that anointing really is on the inside of me. And we need to see that. Be arrested by it. It's holy to him. It needs to be holy to us. Remember, Anita Kanep had this word last week. The word of the Lord was, even if you can't see how anointed you are, the spirit world can. You, you walk into some place and there's demons there. You may not feel very special, but the demons know who just walked in there. And if you're asleep, then they applaud. Or they say, hey, watch this. Hey, fight over in the corner. Hey, distraction. Hey, distraction. It shouldn't be safe for the devil to get within six feet of you. And you can't see it because you can't see Christ is on the inside of you. Christ is in you. He is. I showed you. We ate, ate part of that word last week. Christ in the New Testament means the anointed one. It shouldn't be safe for the devil to get within six feet of you unless you're asleep. Amen. We've got to figure out who we are and what we really have. Like Jesus, people would get close to Jesus. That woman, she was not allowed to touch him, but she touched his garment. And he turned around and said, power went out of me. Virtue. You can live that same life. It should not be safe for the kingdom of darkness anywhere you are. Is he preaching good? He's preaching to us, isn't he? (laughs) The kingdom of darkness shouldn't feel safe anywhere that we're around. My goodness. Because the Lord said through Anita Kanep, even if you can't see how anointed you are, the spirit world can see it. So your head, your eyes, your lips, your mouth, and then your shoulders. He said, Steve, there's so much oil. Make sure I can can cover your shoulders because I'm trading old yokes and mantles that have weighted you down, weighted my people down. I'm breaking that yoke. I'm breaking those old mantles off of you. Isaiah 10, 27, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. The mantle off your shoulder that is, that is constraining you, tying you up in knots instead of liberating you. Because Matthew 11, Jesus parallels it and says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That's Matthew chapter 11, verse 30. So there's an exchange of yokes. And then guess where else? It flows from your shoulders to your heart. Because the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Why? So you can love others. Love others. We're not, we're not here for our own personal version of Christianity. We're here to help people. Amen, somebody? Maturity is Christ-centered, others-minded. Why? Because we're full. We, we have, the Lord's our shepherd. We don't lack for anything. So we're others-minded. Romans 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 1 and 2 says that you can recognize the mature in Christ because of their heart to help other people mature. 
<laughs> and America's got a version of Christianity that, man, it's all about me. And if I don't like it, if I, it's not working for me, I'll do something else. This isn't Walmart. This is the kingdom of God. <laughs> you may not even like everything He does in and through you, but you will thank Him for it. Am I right? I mean, I've never felt so loved as when He told me, Steve, that's way off. Steve, that is not who you are. Uh, remember my prayer life? I wrote a, the first book I wrote was Reformations and Prayer because He said, all your prayers are self-centered. And I was a pastor. He said, how about prayer is receiving? How about prayer is listening? So when he's telling me these things, he's rebuking me, but I felt very loved. He said, if, if not, one of us is going to do 90% of the talking, it should probably be me. Why is it you? <laughs> he's a good, good father. Right? It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. All right. So to the heart, because he said, I want to, I want to form the anointing inwardly in your heart to form you into one who carries my glory and who carries my love for others. And then he said, from your heart down into your loins, I'm going to cover what gets produced through you. God wants to reproduce things through us. He wants to bear fruit. So that anointing oil covers our loins. I would even say this. There's grace that what you as men produce, you and your wife through covenant union, children that are produced, that that anointing is there to cover your children, that you, that you parent them and you raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord and the love of Christ. Yeah, amen. All this is happening to me at 5 a.m. laying in my bed. <laughs> On Thursday. Isn't he good though? Isn't it fun to serve the living Christ? Isn't this way funner than if I just picked a sermon off the internet and thought, well, it's July 30. I think I'll just give him this one. (laughs) Man doesn't live by sermons off the internet. Man lives by every word that proceeds ongoing present tense out of the mouth of God. Now that makes the Christian life exciting. And we may die martyrs, but we will not die of boredom. Amen? Come on, give Him praise. He's good. Yeah. Your loins. And then your feet. Let that anointing get down on your feet, Steve, because oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. For the Spirit of the Lord has anointed us to preach good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, heal the sick. Liberty to the captives, opening of the eyes to the blind, the favorable year of the Lord. Stephen, you can go ahead and come, brother. It's almost noon. Everybody all right? There are too many today, and this is the rest of my dialogue with the Lord at 5 a.m. There are too many of my people who are stale and dry and stiff in their walk with God. They're stiff in what I want executed through them. They don't let me. Too many, he said, who accessed the anointing in their belly years ago, but have quit realizing it and accessing the eternal reservoir of oil that's still in them now, but it's dormant. How many of you know, even in church, we, 
I'll talk about myself. Even as a pastor, you can get so in your routine, I can almost do it, you know, without the Lord. It's just ritual and road. I'm just so used to doing it. Bad place to be. You can begin in the anointing. And then you can walk it out in the flesh. Galatians chapter 3, verse 3. Paul said, having begun in the Spirit, are you now living life in the flesh? Colossians chapter 2 says, so, so what do we do about that? Colossians 2 is the answer. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in Him. Just like you got born again by receiving, by being humble, by consenting. God, I need you. That's how you live every single day. And that will keep human effort out of the equation. Amen. Will you stand with me? Just as you got connected to Christ the vine, continue your connection to Him. Abide in Him, walk in His ways, and do His works through the anointing unction only He can provide. Psalm 92.10 says, having begun, sorry, Psalm 92.10 says that I've been anointed with fresh oil. The Holy Spirit told me there's people in this room, you've just grown stale. You've just been stagnant and dry in your connection to the anointing. He's not going to leave you. He's never left you. Praise God, He's still there. Amen? And, and He's just waiting on you to tap into Him and say, Lord, I need fresh oil because I don't want to do this by the arm of the flesh. And what are we talking about? Well, it could be ushering. It could be serving in kids' church, but it could be how you parent. It could be your drive to work every, every single day. I just need fresh oil to do and to be who God's called me to be.